Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Authentic Talks. Do you know someone or are you having any issues with getting a good night's sleep? What about your children? Do you find yourself snoring? Do you find your family member snoring? Well, you guys, today is an awesome show because we have a guest today that actually suffered in silence with her children. They suffered from symptoms of undiagnosed sleep and breathing issues. She's going to talk with us today and let us know just how important sleep is to our mental health and so much more. She actually had one visit to a pediatric dentist and this changed the trajectory of their lives. She was already a registered dental hygienist, but she trained you guys with amazing people. She trained with Sandra Holtzman, Louis Laney, and Sarah Holmesby, and they help her to establish oral facial myoalgy knowledge. She is also now the author of Accomplished, How to Sleep Better, Eliminate Burnout, and Execute Goals. Please welcome Carice Languri to Authentic Talks. Authentic Talks is all about authentic conversations. This show is all about growth, love, respect, success, mind, body, and spirit. If you're looking to grow and become your authentic self, then this is the podcast for you. And I am your host, Shantae. Welcome to the show. Hi, Carice. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Shantae. We're going to talk about a topic that many people don't really talk much about. We don't really have these conversations about sleep. Before we jump in, can I have you introduce yourself to the audience, please? Absolutely. So I am a myofunctional therapist. I know many people don't know what that is. And so I'll give you a really brief thing. It's kind of like working with a a personal trainer for all the muscles below your eyes, but above your shoulders. So I work with all those muscles to help strengthen and coordinate them. That way we could get proper movement and muscle function for breathing, eating, and especially for sleeping. What prompted you to go into this area of study or or have an interest in it? That's an awesome question. I love that one because it gives me a chance to talk about my children. So it was definitely my kids. They all had various issues. And as a mother of four, I have one boy and three girls and everybody had some sort of something going on. And that's like one of the things that we don't talk about when we're parents, right? When people say, how is everything? You're usually like, good. Everything's great. Or how's little Johnny or Susie or whatever your kid's name. You know, everybody just says everything is good. But the reality is, is that many of us struggle with things that we don't like to talk about. Like my son had ADHD and some behavioral problems. My daughter had every sleep issue under the sun, sleepwalking, sleep talking, um, bedwetting every single night until the age of 12, snoring, restless. She had everything, you name it, she had it. And my two youngest daughters had um, a lot of ear and throat infections, and it seemed like they were constantly sick. Uh, So my profession really started out with registered dental hygiene. And I 
was working for a pediatric dentist who happened to be very, very into airway and focused on sleep. And so she heard about all these issues I was having with my children and she kind of pinned it all back down to the way they were breathing and you know how that was impacting and affecting their sleep. And so from there, I dove really, really deep in. And now I helped not just my children, but hundreds of patients all over the world. And I, I love it. It's a great field. How many hours should children be getting each night of sleep? And then how many hours for adults? Okay, so I love this question as well. Um, I think the way that we need to look at it is that sleep is critical for everybody, right? And the amount of sleep that is required is actually like an antiquated amount of sleep that, you know, our lifestyles have changed dramatically. When they gave us the recommended seven to nine hours for adults, it was something that was researched and studied well before we were in all of these tech ages. So we want to think that it's really like the mid 20th century that they originally came up with this number of seven to nine hours of sleep. But we had a lot different stuff going on. We had less processed food. We had more activity, people doing a lot more hands-on work. We weren't sitting in front of screens. We weren't idle for most of the day back in those times. So now we've kind of condensed so much of our life and we're using so much less energy that seven to nine it can be a number that you sleep but you can also get a really good restorative amount of sleep and under that you can also get more restorative sleep over that it's really a spectrum because it's not how many hours you sleep it's the quality of your sleep so not the quantity but the quality is really important because you can be in bed and you can be cycling through all of your sleep stages but not necessarily being in them the adequate amount of time so I think that's the more important thing to talk about as opposed to how many hours you're actually in bed. Where are your hours in bed actually focused? Are you getting enough deep restorative sleep? Because that is the critical part for all of us. So if you, if someone is sleeping for like nine hours and they wake up still feeling tired, is that because of the way that they were breathing through the night? Absolutely. So when you are breathing and you're not breathing optimally during the night, what's going to happen is you're going to be functioning, your body will be functioning in hypoxia. Now hypoxia just means low oxygen, right? But every single cell in our body requires this oxygen. It is essential in order to get these restorative functions. So your brain is actually in a higher rate of function when you're in your REM or your really deep dreaming restorative sleep stage, your brain is in, ramped up and it's trying to get itself to eliminate a lot of the fluids that are excess waste fluids. Because we have our way for our body to eliminate other fluids, right? We clean out our blood through the kidneys. We're able to use our endocrine system to clean out, you know, we got lymphatic system and so forth to clean out, but our brain will only clean itself while we are sleeping. If you are in a state of hypoxia, your brain is not able to adequately do the same thing. So it's, I like to liken it to washing machine, right? So you load up the washing machine and you run the clothes in the washing machine and they all sort of start to stick to the sides and so forth. And so that would be a really good night of good sleep. 
right? But then the next night, you don't get as good sleep. So this is like you pushing in more clothes into the washing machine and trying to run it again. You're not going to get that same quality of clean as you would if you just ran it from an empty, if you emptied out everything that was in there before, you empty out everything, it's much better for your brain function and so forth. You know, oftentimes I, I would walk into my bedroom and sometimes I would hear snoring. Does that mean we're in a deeper sleep if we're snoring? Snoring is um, something that I, I'm so happy you asked about because it's something that's very common. And I think because it's common, people tend to think that it's normal. Now, what snoring actually is, is snoring is the sound of air meeting resistance as it is flowing through that passageway, right? So as it's going through, because your nose and your mouth, everything's connected, right? So as you're going through that airway, that the tissues are narrowing. So they relax at night when we sleep, those soft tissues in the esophagus and the pharynx. They're going to relax. And as it's relaxing, you still want to have enough open passageway. But when you're hearing snoring, snoring is actually air not getting enough space to pass through. So it's squeezing itself through. You, you imagine the air is trying to get through a crowded space. It's trying to push through. So that snoring really doesn't tell what stage of sleep you're in as much as how much oxygen you are not getting in. When someone is snoring, like one of the kids, do you, is it better to wake them up so they could reposition themselves or? That's a very good question. Sometimes with children, it can be a very delicate issue. So if you have a child who is usually rolling around at night and has like that restless sort of sleep where they're kind of all over the bed, sometimes they fall out, a, a, a lot of activity. Sometimes it's a very much to do with positioning. Their body is trying to reposition itself to get optimal air. Now, in those instances, it might help if you prop the child up a little bit more so that they're not totally flat. Because when you're lying down flat, that helps, it does help the soft tissues fall backwards more. So what we want to do is we want to fight against that. And so you might want to put a couple of pillows under their head and have them sleep just a little bit higher. Um, I wouldn't disrupt them and wake them up at that moment in time that you hear them snoring, but I would make adjustments the following night. And then I would also monitor it to see how often, you know, the snoring is happening. Um, there are many different apps you can use. Snore Labs, a very popular one. You can always put it on um, one of the tablets. If your child has their own tablet, just leave the tablet running with the Snore Lab app on and it'll track that snoring for you at night. And then you can have something definitive to go to your child's pediatrician with, with your concerns about that level of snoring and whether or not you making that shift and changing them so that they're a little bit elevated, whether or not that helps. Can you share with us, the, were your kids able to overcome like the sleepwalking and talking and your daughter? Yes. So I am so happy to say that we overcame so much of that because a lot of it was very frustrating. You know, parents, we have so many things that frustrate us. And the last thing we need is like for every single night to be an issue because the nighttime is supposed to be when, you know, it's parent time anyway, but the issues with my daughter and her sleep issues did get resolved. We did take her to get a sleep study. We did have to do myofunctional therapy, which is really going to strengthen all of those soft tissues so that she didn't have them be as relaxed and they were more toned and able to, you know, 
sit better when she was able to lie down. She can keep an open airway without much of a struggle because of the therapy that we were doing. Um, so with the therapy, she did have a sleep study uh, before and after. I'm happy to say she had mild sleep apnea and she no longer has sleep apnea. We did do a dental appliance as well, but we got over all of those hurdles. And so I think it's a, a fantastic happy ending to 10 years of struggle we had. Well, that's good to hear. Can you walk us through what does a sleep study entail? Like, do you have to go to the facility and sleep? So sleep studies can actually be done one of two ways. One is an at-home sleep study where you would put on the diagnostic materials on yourself and you would go to sleep in your own bed. Um, People like that because it's more comfortable to be sleeping in your own bed. However, you're not monitored during that process, right? So who knows what nodes you're putting on correctly? Who knows if the stuff is sitting on you correctly the whole night? Who knows what the quality of that reading is? So it's a possibility. You can do it at home sleep study. Um, but really, I think the medical, um, the medical world would agree that the in lab sleep study is best and they have comfortable beds. They put a whole bunch of nodes on you because they're measuring all sorts of things, your brain activity, your carbon dioxide intake, your oxygen intake, your heart rate. It's like an EKG at night too, your um, snoring and any sort of movement and motion. They're measuring all sorts of things. So you'll have a whole bunch of things on you and it looks incredibly uncomfortable. But once you get relaxed in that environment and you sleep, you get the most detailed, specific reading that you could possibly get. And that's going to give you the best, most accurate diagnosis. That's good to know that you don't actually have to always leave your home. And for me, that was always one of my things was like, I don't want to really have to leave home. But if you do, you just do. Because I think that sleep is important. For myself, I have to share with you this. I get about six hours a night of sleep. And some days I wake up and I'm very well rested and I feel like, oh, that was amazing. And then other times I'm like, oh, I'm dragging. I feel like my body does this thing where it's like, you robbed me of sleep. So now we're going to play catch up. And then I have like a Saturday where I'm like, I can't believe I slept all day. It is a game of catch up that the body will try to do. However, you're always kind of falling behind, right? Like it's just like that um, washing machine example that I gave. You're just kind of stuffing in clothes, stuffing in clothes, stuffing in clothes. And you could take out all of those clothes after running multiple loads and, you know, putting that thing to capacity. But the quality of those clothes as you put them in the dryer and move on, you know, it's really lacking. So we don't like to have everything build up like that to then, you know, finally have a day of, um, you know, where you recuperate everything. We really would like you to get a great night of sleep every single night. That way you could function and be at your most productive, show up as your best self every single day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Day. Does what time we go to bed have anything to do with? the quality of sleep that we get? Yes. I think if you're not consistent with it, it can definitely create one of your biggest problems. Consistency is key. Our biological clock, that circadian rhythm, I know people talk about it a lot, but you're really never going to fully regulate it unless you are in some sort of routine and you set a standard. So if you're going to bed at eight o'clock today, but you're going to bed at 1 a.m. tomorrow, and then the day after that it's 10, you're never going to be able to really regulate your body. So when we have babies and small children. I think people talk a lot about routines and the importance of routines and having all of that together. But once we're adults, really, we still need a level of a routine because our bodies still need to regulate and know, okay, this right now is when we're starting to wind down. This is when we shut down. This is when we wake up and we start it all over. Is there something that we can do for insomnia? For insomnia, when you can't sleep. So when you can't sleep, I would say it's really important to look into what's going on as far as your environment. Um, Sometimes people have a lot of dietary issues that might cause that insomnia. Our bodies have a a lot of shutdown to do when we're going into this sleep state. From the transitory sleep stage one until stage two and three, the body's starting to slowly shut down. But if you've eaten like right before bed or you're having late night meals or late night snacks, the body can't really shut down that digestive system because you just have something that they still have to work on and digest. So sometimes the body's just keeping you awake because it can't fully wind down enough. Another part reason why it's really important to have a routine The insomnia can also be caused, so it's not just um, a dietary issue, it can also be something that you want to be on the lookout for as far as how are you monitoring your your activity as far as your daytime. Um, We really can't produce melatonin adequately if we are not regulating our light exposure. So our bodies will be less likely to fall asleep if we have a lot of blue light around us. And blue light, I think everybody seems to associate directly with electronics or television screen, but actually all LED light bulbs are pretty much unfiltered blue light. Um, There aren't very many good incandescent bulbs that are available for sale, especially within the United States, they're actually not allowed. So if you're not regulating and kind of functioning in the dark, maybe by candlelight, or you get a good infrared bulb, so that once it's dark and the sun has set, you are just functioning in a red or a very low orange light, you're going to have issues developing enough melatonin and that your body might just be awake anyway, because you have your lights on in your room. Oh, wow. That is interesting because I go to sleep to like a LED. That's just good to know because maybe I should be turning that off. That's good to know. I know that you wrote a book. Can you share 
with us the name of the book and then let's talk about like what was that process like for you with going through writing the book Thank you for mentioning it. Um, I did write a book and I published it earlier this year. It's Accomplished, How to Sleep Better, Eliminate Burnout and Execute Goals. It was such a labor of love. Um, It took a few years of me working with clients and, you know, really refining my process with this myofunctional therapy, getting over humps and hurdles with my own family and then with several clients. I do, you know, detail various case studies either with my children or some of the clients in the book. And it was really just putting all those things together. Um, When I do get asked about the book writing process, the process itself, I would say, just start writing. If you are inclined at all to write a book, just start writing. Much of my stuff was not written in any sort of order. It was, I'm writing because this is what I'm seeing today, this is what I'm feeling today, this is what's going on today, and then I just ordered it afterwards. So I think the problem is everybody thinks that you have to start with page one, like, okay, this is going to be the first sentence of the book and I have to know exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. All That's the way true. To the end. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, just write something and then you'll put it in order. However, it's supposed to be after the fact. When you're doing case studies, you have, that takes time. Exactly. Exactly. I had to follow my clients through all of the process and make sure that, you know, we were getting the results that I, want them to have number one but number two that i definitely want to detail for others to be able to replicate so i think the book is really great for that for being able to follow these things how can we find your book so accomplished is available on amazon um the kindle version and the paperback version are both up on amazon for sale you really just look for accomplished how to sleep better and it'll pop up all the rest you don't need the you know the full subtitle when we exercise or do different things like that, we sleep better or or is that just our imagination? So exercise can actually keep you a little bit more awake if you exercise right (laughs) before bed. Um, I mean, if you're running, you know, a 26 mile marathon, then sure you might pass out right after and go to bed. (laughs) But if you are just doing, you're going to the gym, which I guess nobody or very rarely are people doing that right now. But if you're working out and doing that home video, and then you try to go to bed after you'll notice that you don't get um, as good sleep, you're more amped up, you're a little bit more wired, your body's on because you just did physical activity. So I wouldn't associate exercise and sleep per se, unless it is, you know, very, you know, you're going hard exercising 13 miles you're running or 26 miles or you're you're really getting it in. So it's better to exercise in the morning. Much better. That's actually like a great thing to do first thing in the morning to just start your body up and get everything rolling again. Uh, you're absolutely right. I was so out of shape. Once you're showered and all of that, you're right. It's like your mind is like, bing, you know, and it's just like lit up. So it's been a minute since I've actually gone to the gym because, you know, everything's been shut down. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm trying to do some things where I'm moving right here in the house, you know. What do you get to do for fun? Oh, fun. What is that? <laughs> Oh, what do you, do you love to do for fun? 
<laughs> what do I like to do for fun? I don't, I don't get a lot of free time, honestly, between running my practice and being a mom of four, I guess just spending time with my family. We're really big on games, actually. So I think that's what I do for fun. We play a lot of board games. It's a highly competitive household. You can imagine there's six of us here, my husband, I, and the four kids, and everybody's super competitive, whether it's, you know, um, Trivial Pursuit or it's Monopoly or it's the game of life. We're, we're always playing something. And it's pretty competitive. A lot of trash talk in this house. You said something that I totally missed. You said that you have your own practice? Yes. Well, my myofunctional therapy practice. So I do practice myofunctional therapy within my own private practice. It's called the Myospot. And we see clients, you know, either in person if we're in the state of New Jersey or mostly predominantly teletherapy I've been doing now, seeing clients both all around the country and around the world. I've seen some interesting international clients as well. A lot of what we're doing, you know, we're just strengthening all of these oral facial muscles. And so just being able to verbally give those cues for the exercises, it, it helps significantly. That's interesting. This is the first time I've heard of, of this type of therapy. You're not alone. <laughs> that was part of the reason why I wrote the book too. There's so many people that just are like, huh? Like myofunctional what? It's, it's a very important therapy because you can overcome so many of the struggles, whether it's with sleep or even breathing. A lot of highly allergic or asthmatic people have had tremendous success after myofunctional therapy. Um, it, it's a game changer, honestly, and it's not talked about enough. So that's part of the reason why I did write Accomplish 2 to spread awareness. Well, thank you for writing the book. I do understand that sleep is important and that we really do need it and that br the way we breathe and all of that does matter. I yeah. think it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> How would they know that they really need to reach out to you? or that they should? Yes. Well, I think one of the key things is that you're waking up and you're not feeling well rested. Another, we could also look at just the history of things. So a lot of children with ADHD, there's a very high correlation between ADHD and sleep issues. So most times there's so much overlap that ADHD, which we have to remember is not like a disease or something. So it's not like you, there's a definitive test in order to know that you have ADHD. It's more of a behavioral functioning type of thing. Many of those manifestations of ADHD are very similar manifestations, especially in children with sleep disorders. So we know that a good person to come see me is probably a child with ADHD, a child struggling with sleep and breathing issues, has a lot of snoring at night, or you hear them open breathing during the day, like those children that, you know, that have the deep, heavy breath, you just, and that's just them at rest. Um, you want to be on the lookout for adults that feel tired through the day, a lot of fatigue and brain fog, and you just have to function on some sort of stimulant to get you through the day, like your, you know, coffee, 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 energy drink, and that's the only way you're going to make it through. Um, I think 
somebody who's definitely had issues with snoring, a lot of people honestly sometimes know that they have a small or narrow airway because they've had these crowded teeth and these small mouths. If you have difficulty at the doctor, at the dentist's office, I should say, uh, doing dental x-rays, you most likely need myofunctional therapy. I think there's many different ways to know and determine, but a lot of it's going to function on how you are carrying out through your day. Are you able to function properly? Is your breathing compromised in any way, shape, or form? Myofunctional therapy will be really good for you if those things are something that you're seeing and it resonates with you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's good stuff. Good for us to know. Can you leave us with some tips that people can implement in their life who are struggling with sleep? Absolutely. So one of the main tips that I would say is that you should definitely develop a consistent routine. Okay. Routine is everything. Your body is going to thank you for it immeasurably. The second thing I would say is that part of that routine should consist of some sort of nasal hygiene. Now, we think to clean our bodies every day and to shower, we wash our hair, you know, we take care of our teeth and our mouth by brushing and mouthwash and so forth, but we never really think about this nose. And the nose is so critical because the nose is for breathing, like oxygen. We can't go any more than three minutes without oxygen. So we should be taking care of our main oxygen uptaker, right? So our nose, we want to make sure that we're cleaning it out with a saline rinse every night and that you're able to get the optimal breathing space through the nose. So if you struggle with that breathing through your nose at night, I would definitely say you should use a Breathe Right strip over the nose to help lift up the sides of the nasal passages and that'll help you get more air. Or if you don't like the strips on the outside of the nose, you can always insert the nasal dilator. They're like these small little tubes that just help keep the actual um, nostril open. That way you're getting optimal air. So you're prepping your body to receive oxygen optimally. That has to be part of it. The last thing I would say that you should definitely do is take note of your environment as you're going down to bed. Make sure that you are in a nice, quiet environment. Take conscious note of your breathing. Conscious breathing is one of the most beneficial things that we can do for ourselves. What's really important with conscious breathing is making sure that your breathing is quiet. Make sure that it's quiet, that you're able to control it, and that you are feeling that you're getting a good breath in and an adequate breath out. I think that those three tips will help you get started on a lifetime of really good sleep. That's good stuff. <laughs> Especially the nasal, cleaning it out. Yeah, it's super important. It's incredibly important. Wow, that's good to know. I have a son that has a lot of allergies. His nose is always itching. I would really recommend um, that you use a saline rinse that has xylitol in it. Xylitol is like a, it's like a sugar alcohol. It's sort of like an artificial sweetener too, but it's really good up the nose because it'll go there. It'll clean out everything and it won't feel as yucky as just plain saline does. So I would say definitely go in there with one that has xylitol in it. Um, clear makes one, but that's X-L-E-A-R, not C. It's X-L-E-A-R makes a really, really good xylitol na nasal you can buy it over the counter. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it everywhere. Well, I don't know what you can't get on Amazon nowadays, but you can get it I everywhere. Know. <laughs> yeah. Amazon has definitely become the new like 
one-stop shop, I guess, because Walmart was that for a lot of people, and they just kind of took over. Yes, yes. Can you see where our future is going? It's so crazy, because you think about all these big box stores that used to be, like, you know, the big thing, like your Macy's, your Lord and Taylor's, and now, you know, none of that stuff is really what it, what it used to be. And in the future, I predict Walmart is going to be one of those things that we're like, oh, remember Walmart? I would not be surprised. I know that I had, I received an email that said uh, Dillard's was going out of business. And so they were selling like everything, including like the clothing racks and the shelving and all of that. And I was like, wow, I stopped going to the mall uh, some time ago. Same here. I have like no reason to go to the mall. And I think that's part of the problem is that, you know, we're not there anymore. Like nobody's shopping. Everybody's online. All you have to do is click and you can add it to your cart. I mean, who needs much more than that? It's so convenient. <laughs> do everything from home, which is wonderful. And I think that's great. That's been part of the beautiful upside of this thing is that many of us have gotten to really connect with uh, some of our family. The unfortunate side of it, though, is that some people aren't connecting with their family. You know, they can't fly across the country, or if they do, it's a question about safety or so forth to see certain family members. And so people also have been a little bit more distant. I think some of this has actually added more stress onto a good portion of the population, especially with the unemployment rate and issues with whether or not there's going to be a stimulus and mortgages and so forth. And everybody's worried about their future. So that probably has helped to compromise some sleep in some people. And I would definitely say that for them, I think it's really, really important if you're struggling with sleep during this time, because now as big a time as any, it's critical to get really good sleep because if your brain is not functioning optimally, you are more prone to having those mental health challenges. You're more prone to depression when you get a lack of sleep. Um, sleep deprivation has definitely been researched and it's been defined by the CDC as a national epidemic. Um, depression is definitely one of the big things that it does contribute to in addition to heart disease and um, diabetes and several other things. Um, but to keep your mind functioning in tip-top shape, because mental health is everything, we've got to focus on really, really good sleep. So I would definitely encourage everybody to follow, you know, as many good sleep tips as you can. Get consistent with your routine, clean out your nose, make sure that you're aware of your breathing and that you're able to breathe properly. And if you are not, and if you're still struggling, I would very much encourage you for the sake of your own life and well-being and the longevity of such to seek out help. If someone wanted to seek out help and they wanted to have you to assist them, how can they contact you? They can always contact me through my um, private practice webpage. I do free consultations. It's www.themyospotspot.com, themyospot.com. You can go online and you can book a free consultation with me um, just directly from the website. And hopefully it, it's convenient for you. It's convenient for me. And we get together and we talk about how I can best assist you. Thank you, Corice, for coming on Authentic Talks. I really appreciate you dropping those tips for the listeners. And you guys, be sure to check out Carice's book called Accomplished 
how to sleep better, eliminate burnout, and execute goals. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to share it with family members and friends, and please be sure to leave me a great review on Apple Podcasts. All of the information for Carice will be located in the show notes. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Shantae with Authentic Talks.